And we have reached that time of the day. It's 11.30 here at KRBN, which means it's time for midday. Tyler Cavalli along with you. We hear from Jason Jorgensen in sports. Bob Broken in just a couple of minutes with a preview of the midday business report. But as we always do, to start off the midday, we start with our own Susan Littlefield. as She gives us a preview of really what's to come here on this Friday, October 23rd. Well, thanks, Tyler. Here's what's happening on a midday from the farm team on this Friday. And because it's a Friday, and with Al Dutcher to find out what this weather is going to bring and a, a cool one at that. We'll let Jason talk about the 1245 as he talks Huskers. And then Alex will wrap up the 117 with this week's FNBO's Fridays in the Field. Have a great start to your weekend. That's a midday from the farm team. Thank you very much, Susan. You have a good weekend as well. Uh, let's turn it over to Jason in sports. First night of high school playoffs in the books. And now we'll have a regular season finale of 11 and 6th man tonight. Yep. And uh, after tonight, then all of the playoffs uh, will be set for next Friday. Keep in mind, all of the classes will play on the same night mm-hmm. next week. I'm sure there was a reason for that. I'm I'm not going to sit here and poo-poo it, but it, it worked out better when the smaller schools were on Thursday and the other schools were on Friday. Just from a strategic standpoint, from a radio station standpoint, we can carry more games. We loved it. We didn't have to pick and choose. <laughs> no. And now, unfortunately, you, in a lot of stations are going to have these problems. You just don't have enough airwaves, uh, frequencies to put, carry all the games. But regardless, we had some winners here in the area last night. And uh, I don't think you'll see three stations at eight-man football games anymore. Mm, uh, not, right. when, not when uh, all of the games are played on the same day. Uh, three more tonight as the regular season wraps up here on 880 KRVN. Lexington is at York. Uh, you can catch that game at 7 on 93.1 The River. And on 106.9 in Kearney, it will be Kozak Kearney Catholic. They will decide the district championship in that one. And on Kemi Country and in the Holdridge area on KUVR, Gothenburg looks to wrap up the regular season with a five-game winning streak. Who, who would have figured that with well, the way they started? Uh, the district champs will take on Holdridge tonight. Tip of the cap to Coach Hakey for Gothenburg. What a wonderful job he's done. Uh, and now, as you mentioned, they'll head into the playoffs, possibly the five-game winning streak. Uh, by the way, your 1245 should be good with uh, Greg Sharp coming up uh, today. Uh, and, uh, he's obviously in Ohio. They're in Ohio mm-hmm. right now, right? Yep. Okay. So, and he does not have a broadcast engineer mm-hmm. coming with him. I read the story. So, yes. Greg yep. got to set yep. up all the equipment. Like when you get to that level, you don't set up your own equipment. You but, just show up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I don't think I should have asked Greg this. I didn't think about it, but I don't think you've got a spotter, oh. especially when you get to that level yeah. in the booth. You have someone. I mean, you're doing the game, but someone's pointing to you who makes the tackles and that right. stuff to help out. Of course, we don't have that at this level. But, uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see how that goes without a spotter. He will be there. Matt Davison will be there. But then, did I understand they're going to have not a sideline reporter? No, they're like so. going to like loop Ben McLaughlin in with his comments as he's back home watching the game on the TV. <laughs> so, But if anybody could pull it off, yeah. it'd be Greg Sharp. It'll sound, it'll sound yeah. super sharp, no pun intended, <laughs> uh, from Greg Sharp and the crew. Again, kickoff tomorrow's 11. We'll have it for you here on 880. Let's turn it over to Bob Brogan. Well, uh, stocks, what's happening today? There's uh, slumping a little bit. Stocks mixed and trading on Wall Street. More companies reporting encouraging results for the uh, summer earnings period. A grim year for the Spanish tourism industry due to the COVID-19 pandemic stretched into September when overnight hotel stays were down quite a bit. And we'll have details on those stories and more coming up.
It's time to give the Blazing New Trails 2020 Chevrolet Blazer to one lucky winner. Thursday, October 29th is the day we deliver it. Follow along on air and Facebook and Twitter as we travel across the KRBN River and Cami listening area offering clues and chances to win some summer swag. Thanks to these Blazing New Trails sponsors. Lexington Regional Health Center, Cornerstone Bank, member FDIC with 43 locations serving Nebraska, Nutrient Ag Solutions, and Heartland Chevrolet and Buick Time for a daily regional ag weather update. And uh, Paul Perkins has now stepped in, brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation. Well, let's talk about snow, because uh, <laughs> that seems to be what is in the near future and going to inundate uh, most of the listening area this weekend. Exactly, especially over west central and parts of central Nebraska. We do have a winter storm watch that's in effect. That is along and northwest of a line from Burwell to Broken Bow, North Pot, and Imperial. And that goes into effect tomorrow evening, last on the way into some Sunday night, into Sunday night. A lot of cold's going to help to add to the accumulation of some snow and also uh, just a kind of slow moving system moving through. A good taste of winter on the way, mm. it looks like. Now, it seems like the, the further west you go, the more snow that region will see. Exactly. Yeah, a little uh, more cold air to work with, so uh, that definitely higher potential for some snow. But farther off to the southeast, to the southeast of this winter storm watch area, we're expecting about one to four inches of snow. Okay. All right. Well, we can handle that. It's just <laughs> not the uh, eight inches or seven inches that they've been potentially speaking of. But today, uh, temperature is still going to be 20 to 25 degrees cooler than average. Yes. Uh, rather insane how cold these temperatures are for this time of year, because in central Nebraska, usually this time of year, we have daytime highs still in the low 60s so Mm -hmm. very very cold and we could see some record cold over the weekend not looking forward to it (laughs) uh but listen this is what the the time we were in and just a couple weeks ago it was 90 (laughs) upper 80s 90s so i suppose we were spoiled and now we get this and we we do have some long uh, some good news coming up though in the long term so we'll get to that here shortly right now most of our temperatures in the low to mid 30s still some mid and upper 20s though from the nebraska sand hills to ogallala on into the nebraska panhandle actual air temperature still in the shadron area at 22 degrees if figure in the temperature with the wind right now and most of us with wind chills on into the low 20s. A lot of cloud cover across the area. Some breaks in the clouds, though, from about Grand Island to the northeast corner of Nebraska. But otherwise, we're pretty socked in with those clouds. Today, we'll feature a mix of some sun and clouds. Expected to see some sunshine break across the area. Those temperatures about 20 to 25 degrees below normal as cold high pressure builds in from the northwest. Temperatures not expected to be as cool tomorrow as some southeast winds kick in. Low pressure and another Arctic blast arrive for tomorrow night through Sunday night. And this is going to be even colder weather. That will lead to some winter storm conditions over west central and parts of central Nebraska where there is a winter storm watch in effect. Five to seven inches of snow will be possible along the northwest of a line from Burwell to Broken Bow, North Platte, and Imperial to the southeast of that Burwell to Broken Bow, North Platte, and Imperial line, expecting accumulations of one to four inches. We do have the latest snowfall forecast map on our Facebook page for KRVN. Near record cold daytime highs and morning lows expected for Sunday and Monday. By Tuesday through Thursday, a gradual warm-up with highs struggling back into the upper 40s to the mid-50s. If this forecast verifies the seven-day stretch from yesterday through next Thursday, 
expected to go in the books as the coldest on record for so early in the fall. Mm, that's, that is not good. So if you're thinking it's cold, you're very right. <laughs> in the long-term forecast, Nebraska and Kansas temperatures are forecast to start slightly cooler than normal for the late half of next week. Not as cold. Next weekend through the first five days of November, temperatures more seasonal. Nebraska precipitation likely to be below normal the entire time of Wednesday through November 5th. Kansas precipitation will be slightly above normal late next week before turning drier than normal next weekend through the 5th. In case you're worried about an early winter, there is some good news for the month of November. The overall month of November outlook predicts above normal temperatures and below normal precipitation for both Nebraska and Kansas. Weather factors in market trade include the impact of a strong Arctic cold wave over the central U.S. and only light rain predicted in wheat areas of the Black Sea region. An expansive cold outbreak will further intensify. Sub-zero temperatures will continue through Monday morning across the northern plains, while readings below 20 may occur early next week as far south as the northern panhandle of Texas. Another snowfall will affect the north starting later today. Snow will spread across the northern plains tomorrow. By early next week, snow may blanket parts of the central and southern plains. Significant rain may occur from the southeast plains into the Ohio Valley. The Midwest and Plains harvest efforts will be delayed by the colder and stormy weather. The weather turns, though, notably warmer and drier about 7 to 10 days from now. In the southern plains, the bitter cold over the next five days may be stressful to early developing winter wheat. The cold will also enhance very dry conditions in the southern plains. More than half of wheat in Kansas now in drought. Russian wheat areas expect just light rain the next seven days. Any moisture benefit expected to be minimal due to the late arrival. Well, it's going to be cold today, but at least the one thing I took away from your forecast here is warmer temperatures in the future, starting possibly in a couple weeks for November. Exactly. Yeah, the month of November, above normal temperatures, and those near-normal temperatures probably by next weekend starting to Ooh. arrive. All right, very good. So just endure this lousy <laughs> temperatures and forecast for now, but to look forward to possibly a week from today and into next weekend. Uh, certainly some bright spots, I suppose, in the horizon. For more weather, where can you go? Weather page, krvn.com. Thank you very much. It's time again this week that we get to catch up with our Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist, Al Dutcher. I'm Shaylee Peters, joining you back here on the Rural Radio Network. And Al, uh, certainly towards the end of this week, feeling that cooler weather starting to creep in sounds like the weekend and even into next week may continue on that trend get even colder what exactly do we have in store for us as we head into another week well Shaley, there's a lot to talk about and if we can get it all covered in the amount of time i have but first and foremost we've got this big storm that's going to be moving down the front side of the rocky mountains it's the last push of arctic air with this that general trough has been over the northern plains for pretty much this entire week and we've seen system after system move eastward some of them impacting northern nebraska some of them more importantly impacting uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin with heavier snows. The biggest issue is is that we've seen the fire break out. Uh, the Troublestone Fire, East Troublestone Fire up by Grand Lake, blew up by 100,000 acres overnight and basically ran into Grand Lake. That system is expected to maybe, with the, the system coming down, merge with the Cameron Peak Fire, which has burned over 200,000 acres. So the north side of Rocky Mountain National Park and the south side of National Park are having been major fires that may merge. And really the biggest issue is, is as this trough pushes southward, it's going to really increase the winds. So for western Nebraska, before this front moves in, as we get into tomorrow, 
we're going to see a lot of smoke coming from those fires because we're looking at 40 to 60 mile an hour winds in the mountains that's going to drive those fires toward the northeast. But as that system pushes southward, we start to see snow break out across the northwestern panhandle, particularly as we get into late afternoon, early evening hours, and that will slowly spread southward. And as it spreads southward, we'll see a moderate band of snow probably developing across north central Nebraska, where currently we have winter storm watches out. Looks like we're going to see four to six general coverage, and I expect we'll see some isolated areas that will be heavier than that. Right now, the most significant snowfall is expected to fall across the northern one-third of the same hills, but that could vary farther southward depending on where the snow picks up. But as that progresses southward during the night, will start to impact northeastern Nebraska during the morning hours, and that will slowly slag toward the south, and that will overtake southern Nebraska as we get into the midday hours. It's going to be a long-lived event. It's not going to be a heavy snow event, but just a continuous snow event. And as that cold air pushes down toward the Texas panhandle, by the time we get into Monday morning, we will see the snow come to an end, all except for extremes southeastern Nebraska, and then that low will start to pivot toward the east. It'll separate from the flow from the Arctic air that will remain over the Great Lakes and give us that reinforcing cold air. And that will progress eastward and merge up with the tropical system starting to develop just off the Yucatan Peninsula. That will pull very heavy rainfall into the southeast and eastern Texas. So we could be looking at some flooding rainfall down in that region. More importantly, we'll start to see the high pressure ridge from the west building as the week progresses and we'll see a warming and drying trend. The biggest issue is going to be for cattle producers is it's going to start off as a, a rain-snow mix. And then we're going to turn to all snow and get very bitter cold in terms of our temperatures. We'll be looking at highs that will be confined to the teens on Sunday across northwest Nebraska, lower 20s across north-central eastern Nebraska, and probably south of I-80 corridor, mid-30s to upper 30s. And then as we get into Monday with the cold air settling in, we'll be looking at widespread highs. It'll be in the 20s across the state and slowly warming about 5 degrees. We go through the week until we get to about Thursday. Then we'll start to see that warm air move in. We'll be back up into the 40s to the 50s. We'll be in warmer temperatures as we go into next weekend. Thanks, Al. It's Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist Al Dutcher. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Time for Midday Sports. Here's Jason. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Well, Carney is once again hosting the NSAA State High School Cross Country Meet of the Carney Country Club. First race of the day. I'm Clay Patton inviting you to take a productive visit to KRVN Cattlemen. 100% beef oriented. KRVN Cattlemen brings you expertise from across the plains in audio and video spotlights featuring industry innovators. Handy Nebraska, Kansas, and cattle resources, including the inventory, cattle on feed, and slaughter numbers you need. Plus, hay reports for five states. You'll find a complete directory of upcoming auctions and private treaty sales. Click on the link for KRVN Cattlemen on the right front column of the homepage at krvn.com. Okay, so maybe a little operator error, so uh, let's try take two. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Well, Carney is once again hosting the NSAA State High School Cross Country Meet of the Carney Country Club. First race of the day just concluded. Girls Class D race, the last race of the day is a Class A boys contest at five. Well, tonight is the final night for the regular season in high school football. In Carney, the district title will be decided as the Carney Catholic Stars host Cozad. The Haymakers stubbed their toe at home last week, losing to Broken Bow. Head coach Brian Cargill says they have to try to find a way to put that game behind them. Well, we have to understand, uh, you know, things didn't go our way, but the thing that matters, of course, is the game tonight against Carney Catholic. Uh, you know, this for the district title. Uh, both teams, uh, you know, setting up for a playoff opportunity. So 
Uh, this is the one that really matters. Now for Carney Catholic, it's been a season of plenty of exposure with Husker quarterback recruit Heinrich Harburg. Coach Rashawn Harvey says they've had a lot of spotlight this fall, and they've handled it well. Yeah, we, we addressed it early on uh, during our summer workouts. We knew we would have this extra attention on us. You know, being in the state of Nebraska, you got a Husker uh, recruit on your team. And so we talked about it. We talked about it, you know, not just being an opportunity for Heinrich. It's an opportunity for you also. You know, there's going to be eyes on on the entire team. So if you have aspirations to going on and playing at the next level, you know, people are going to watch our film or inquire about our players just because we have a Division One recruit on our team. That Cozad Carney Catholic game tonight can be found on 93.1 The River. You also can listen. Two people were killed in a southwest Omaha crash when a car barreled into a Jersey barrier along Interstate 80. Police say the crash happened just after 11 a.m. Thursday. An investigation showed a westbound sedan hit the barrier, left the roadway, and became airborne before hitting an overhead sign located on an Interstate 80 off-ramp. Police say the driver of the car, 42-year-old Antonio Tate, and a passenger, 53-year-old Leland Reams, both of Omaha, died at the scene. Nebraska set yet another record in the number of people hospitalized with the coronavirus as the total number of virus cases surged above 60,000. The state said 400 people were hospitalized with COVID-19 on Wednesday. That's up from the previous day's record of 380. Health officials say they're working with hospitals across the state to make sure they have capacity to treat all those patients. Kansas's coronavirus case count continued to climb even as one GOP lawmaker pushed back against Democrat Laura Kelly's call for a statewide mask mandate. Kansas Senate President Susan Wagle said that a one-size-fits-all COVID solution doesn't work for their diverse state. More than 90 of Kansas's 105 counties have opted out of the mask order. Kelly said that she will speak with House and Senate leaders to develop a bipartisan mask requirement with more teeth. One lucky player who bought a Nebraska Pick 5 ticket for the Wednesday drawing is holding a ticket worth $106,000. The Nebraska Lottery has confirmed that one ticket sold for Wednesday's Nebraska Pick 5 draw matched all five winning numbers for the $106,000 jackpot. The ticket was sold at Casey's General Store in Red Cloud, Players are encouraged to check their tickets at any Nebraska Lottery retailer online at NebraskaLottery.com or calling the Nebraska Lottery office. A magnitude 3.2 earthquake shook an area on the Kansas-Oklahoma line last night. The U.S. Geological Survey reported the tremor struck at 8.17 p.m. and was centered in a remote area 22 miles northwest of Ponca City, Oklahoma, and at a depth of almost 5 miles. A Kay County, Oklahoma Sheriff's Dispatcher said there were no reports of damage. Thousands of earthquakes have been recorded in Oklahoma in recent years, with many linked to the underground injection of wastewater from oil and gas production. Regulators have directed producers to close some injection wells. Reporting on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Dave Schroeder. Jason Jorgensen with you on the Rural Radio Network. Season finally begins tomorrow for Nebraska at fifth-ranked Ohio State, and we are joined by the guy who will have the call on the Husker Sports Network, Greg Sharp. Greg, thanks a lot for the time. Uh, we didn't know if it would happen, but uh, here we go. Husker football tomorrow. Hallelujah, huh, Jason? To have actually Husker football coming everybody's way and 
in 24 hours. I wasn't sure we would get to this point, and it's been a curvy road, but uh, glad that the, the Huskers are going to get ready to tee this thing up. We are going into the third year for Scott Frost. Of course, there's been some ups and some downs for the first two years. As you look at this roster and what Frost has to work with, what kind of it be? Well, I think, you know, physically, I think it's a better football team. I think, you know, the, the one benefit of not playing is they've had a lot of time in the weight room since they walked off the field uh, 11 months ago against the Iowa Hawkeyes. So I think it's a bigger uh, stronger football team. You've got some experience in some spots, particularly quarterback and and the offensive line, and those are two good places to begin. But then you know you've got you've got question marks, and you usually do in college football. Usually every year you have a position or two where you're like, man, we're really young, we're really green at this spot. And, and this year for this team, I think that's wide receivers, a, a position we just don't know much about what this group's going to be like. We we don't know how that defensive line's going to hold up with the Davis twins leaving for the NFL and Darian Daniels now making the NFL. So, you know, I, and the kicking game, I better throw that in there too, Jason. I'm just not quite sure what that's going to be like. It's all new kickers, punters, kickers for Nebraska. What will that look like? And that's that phase is maybe what makes me the most nervous going into this game with Ohio State. We are joined by Greg Sharp, the voice of the Huskers, as Nebraska begins the season tomorrow at Ohio State. Greg, there's been a lot of talk about this supposed quarterback race between Adrian Martinez and Luke McCaffrey. Do you think it was really all, all that close? I think, yeah, I think it was. I think it was very tight. And, you know, every time, and, and even late last season, when I would talk to the coaches and they would go, man, we had another practice today where Luke McCaffrey ripped off a couple long runs and led his team right down the field to score and, you know, I think I think the difference probably was the experience factor that Adrian's played an awful lot of college football. Luke really hasn't yet. But having said that, I think I'll be surprised if we don't see both tomorrow in the game against the Buckeyes. I think they've got to find a way to get him on the field. He's one of their most explosive athletes. He's works his tail off, uh, and he just gives Nebraska a little different edge when he's on the field. His speed is just something you can't coach and. And I think I think they'll find a way. Now, maybe they're both out there at the same time. I think that's obviously an option, too. We saw that in the Iowa game last year. So I think there's a couple wrinkles that Nebraska could throw in there. But I do think it was close. I don't think this was just, you know, a lot of chatter going on. That it, I, I think that this, this was a real competition, and, and that makes me feel really good because I feel like you have two guys that can go win football games for you. How about the black shirts? Uh, they really struggled the last couple of years. As you look at that unit, what's maybe an area where Nebraska really needs to step up and they need to have some guys that come to the forefront this fall? Still looking for that those playmakers on the outside linebacker spots to get to the quarterback, cause havoc. Can Caleb Tanner, who now is in his third season, can he, and he looks the part, can he become an every-down guy where you've got a, the other team has to point out where he is? Uh, maybe it's JoJo Doman crashing from that other outside linebacker spot. I'm not all that concerned about the defensive line. I really feel like, you know, last season, even with the Davis Twins and Darian Daniels, Nebraska did a pretty good job of rotating three others in DeAndre Thomas and Ben Stilley, and, and now they call him Snacks, Damian Daniels, the younger brother of Darian. So those three are back. And then you add in, like, Keem Green, who was a junior college transfer program right before last season began. Nebraska saved his red shirt. Ty Robinson is a mountain of a man from Arizona. They saved his red shirt a year ago. And, and then you've got DeAndre Thomas, who played quite a bit last season. So I, I like that rotation there. I think the linebacking core will be good. But can they get sacks in the secondary? 
Getting Deontay Williams back at safety, Jason, I think is a huge help. He got hurt week one a year ago against South Alabama. The starting safety, big hitter, makes plays, great break on the football. Um, getting him back is going to be a big help for, the, for this team. So I think the secondary has a chance to be pretty solid as well. Well, tomorrow they open up against one of the heavyweights in fifth-ranked Ohio State. I actually think it's better this year if you have to take on one of the heavyweights to play them early on. We've already seen uh, some interesting things this year in college football. Right. Why not? I mean, they were on the schedule anyway. You were going to have to go to Columbus. Let's go. First week, you know, it's still it's also a tip of the cap to Nebraska that Fox wants this one. And Fox had the choice on this. They wanted a nice marquee matchup. And Nebraska still has a, a name that catches people's attention around the country. So in a way, I look at it as a compliment that they wanted a marquee game out of the gate. It's Nebraska-Ohio State. Why not? Go play them. See where you are. If you come up short in your efforts, that's fine. You build on that from there. Maybe you gain some confidence. Remember, Jason, two years ago, Nebraska went to the horseshoe and played very well. It was in the game late. And, in fact, a a drop pass down the seam with about five minutes to go in the football game might have made the difference in it. So, Nebraska is capable of hanging in this game. I, I say, why not? Great opportunity here these first couple of weeks with Ohio State and Wisconsin. You steal one of these two, and all of a sudden you could be off to the races and have a pretty good season. Well, Greg, we appreciate the time. Have a great call tomorrow, and I'm sure things will be a, a little bit different, not only tomorrow, but the entire season. It's going to be odd. It's going to be really strange being in these big stadiums like the Horseshoe and not having hardly anybody in the stands. It's going to be uh, just a very bizarre feeling, but I, I know for the folks that are going to be listening to us and listening to us on KRVN and uh, on our great network, they don't care. They just want to hear this football team run out there and compete. That was Greg Sharp, the voice of the Huskers, joining us today. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Jason Jorgensen. With the business report, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks are mixed in trading on Wall Street as more U.S. companies report encouraging results for the summer earnings period. The S&P 500 index edged higher in the early going, though it's still on track for its first weekly loss in four weeks. Barbie maker Mattel soared after its latest earnings blew past analyst forecasts. Capital One was also sharply higher after turning in robust results. Drug maker Gilead rose after U.S. regulators gave formal approval to its antiviral drug Remdesivir to treat patients hospitalized with COVID-19. A grim year for the Spanish tourism industry due to the COVID-19 pandemic stretched into September when overnight hotel stays were down 78% on the same month last year. Spain is the world's second most popular vacation destination after France, but hotel stays in the first nine months of 2020 were down 71% from 2019. Poland's government has announced the entire country will become a red zone of strict anti-COVID-19 restrictions starting tomorrow, a step short of a lockdown. The measures expanded from local red zones include wearing masks at all times outdoors and switching all primary schools to remote learning. Restaurants can provide takeout only for another two weeks and gatherings cannot exceed five people except for professional activity. People over 70 are asked to stay home. Russian hackers have targeted the networks of dozens of state and local governments in the United States in recent days and have stolen data from at least two servers. That's according to an advisory issued yesterday, less than two weeks before the presidential election, 
The alert describes an onslaught of recent activity from Russian state-sponsored hacking groups against state and local networks, some of which were successfully compromised. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan. We're back for another edition of Fridays in the Field, brought to you by FNBO, the great big small bank. And as harvest wraps up across the state, we visit once again with Mark Dufek, who farms near Seward, Nebraska. Mark, thanks for being with us today. Well, welcome, Alex. So harvest across the state is really wrapping up. Of course, soybeans over 90% done in Nebraska. Corn now reaching over 50%. Where are you at in the harvest process? Well, we just finished up with harvest. Uh, soybeans we completed a few couple weeks ago, and then we're just uh, finishing up with corn here in the last couple of days. So we're just wrapping up. What did the soybean crop look like for you this year? Uh, so, I mean, crop was kind of average for us. You know, it, it wasn't bad. You know, earlier it looked really good. You know, one of the visits that you had here, we went out in the field and, man, it, it looked really good. Well, the dryness that we had in, in August kind of cut back the yield for us. So, but you know what? Our soybean yields were kind of average with, you know, the national averages. So, it, it wasn't bad. You mentioned that you're already done with corn too. What was that like this year? Uh, that was a challenge. You know, we had the high winds in August that we had a lot of green snap and that really cut us back on yields. And then a, a week or so ago, we had some more high winds and that blew over some more corn. So it this whole year has been a challenge for us, but we got through it and look forward to next year. And you kind of mentioned these last couple months have been really dry across Nebraska. As far as soil moisture, have you tested any of that in this area? No. Uh, since we're done with harvest, I was going to go out and do some soil sampling and stuff. So that's on the agenda for this week is to go out and get soil tests and send them in, get our lab results, and then start our fertility for next year and then work on soil health. You know, we're always continually... Uh, looking at uh, soil health and what we can do long term to help the soils and so uh, we'll do some things there so there's a lot of things to do here now that harvest is wrapped up. As you take a look at everything that happened this year are there any management strategies that you're planning to experiment with or change in the next year? Yeah I honestly think that using fungicides probably will be in the management plan for next year. I didn't use any fungicides on corn this year because I didn't want the expense. But I think as far as plant health, it probably is, will pay off. Let's look at your operation as a whole because you teach full-time at Southeast Community College in Beatrice. So how do you manage you know, harvesting all of your crops while also having a full-time job? Well, uh, Teresa helps a lot. You know, during harvest, you know, she runs the combine. I do a lot of the trucking, and we just get a lot of stuff done working as a team. Uh, we get the work done at nights and on weekends. You know, a lot of people do it. A lot of people around here have full-time jobs. And so we have to manage our full-time job with trying to get our work done here. Uh, as far as at school, harvest has gone really well at school. We finished up with soybeans, we're back on corn. Of course, uh, the winds a week ago or a week and a half ago uh, caused a lot of down corn for us there too, so we're struggling with that. But everything's dry, you know, corn's dry. Have you ever harvested corn that was 12 moisture? Uh, it's been a long time, you know. 
All right. Mark Dufek joining us for the final time this season as we wrap up harvest in this part of the state. That has been another edition of Fridays in the Field brought to you by FNBO, the great big small bank. Clay Patton on the Rural Radio Network. Let's check in on the grain settlements now with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. And John, at the close here, wheat's been a leader all day, but soybeans come screaming back up here with them as well. As we go into the close, is this a positive close for the weekend? You have to take, you know, think of the folks who are short and you go home, you know, just off the high. We'll have a fresh round of margin calls on Monday. Uh, and you have November first notice day the next next Friday. So there's a lot of kind of market action that has to be packed in here. The roll will take place, uh, you know, from from November to January futures first notice day. And then you have the election. Then you have the next USDA report. So uh, you know, a lot of moving parts right now. It's just uh, cash corn, cash products, soybeans, corn. Uh, there's a surge in rally, and in a way, it's a wake up call I think to a lot of short sellers that. You know, even with obviously bearish fundamentals on beans, I certainly don't mean that, but corn, you know, the numbers here are certainly big out of China, but they don't really, I don't know how to phrase it this way, but you can shed that amount somewhere else. I think we can loosen that up some in some one other categories, whereas in soybeans, like, you really can't. The crush margins will have to do it, and if the export business is there, then the crush it'll be the crush and the crush alone, so... Obviously, uh, my long-winded way of saying bullish week, bullish, uh, bullish close, and maybe uh, you know, bullish win for the Cornhuskers this weekend. The capital offer you guys. It's always good when it goes go big red, but we're seeing a lot of go big green on the screen and in the corn market. We flirted with 420 here today. Does this still come off those rumors that China's going to increase its import quotas? It's, it's squeezing something. I mean, December is going to be the most uh, expensive contract on the board soon. And then also, every single hedge that has taken place before today is now underwater, outside of that small little window last last week. So um, I'd keep in mind that like every single person who's Ford sold bushels now are underwater. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad decision, but it'll be interesting to see how the market reacts to that as we continue to go up. John, one thing as we start to go into the close here, uh, what's the thing to be considered of going into Monday's trade? Oh, continued COVID. COVID problems are starting to tighten up this way. I don't know how y'all are, but, uh, you know, lockdowns, potential lockdowns, that's the fear that's going to come here to the economy. That's John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter this week in Grain. Do remember, trading futures and options involves risk of loss. It may not be suitable for all investors. Consider these risks before investing. If you'd like to learn more or see John's daily newsletter this week in Grain, make sure to check out DanielZagMarketing.com. And again, DanielZagMarketing.com. You can catch John Payne again as a podcast at RuralRadio.com when you click on the podcast tab. Thank you very much, Clay. That'll wrap up this Friday edition of Midday. If you miss anything, not only today, but throughout the entire week, you can listen to our Midday podcast sponsored by Devaney Motors. That's available at krvn.com and on iTunes.